My guest today is Taylor Moore, author of the new novel, Downrange. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Downrange, how would you describe the novel? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, book. It's, it's sort of a, a modern day Western mixed with a, uh, more of an operator style thriller. It's a little bit different than what's out there, but it's a lot of fun. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Downrange? Yeah. So, you know, it's an, it's an interesting question because, um, <laughs> uh, Downrange actually wasn't the first book, uh, or series, uh, with Gary Cole that I was writing, um, I was originally writing more of a, a traditional spy thriller, more of a, in the, in the, in the line of a, a Brad Thor, a Vince Flynn, that kind of a thing. And that's what I landed my uh, literary agent with. But, but ultimately, um, Gary Cole was a secondary character in that, uh, novel series. Uh, he kind of stole the show and rose, rose to the top. And, uh, my agent was the first one who said, he said, man, I think that guy's your protagonist right there. And, um, uh, and so. <laughs> Uh, you know, of course, no writer wants to hear that, uh, you know, let's start from scratch and let's do something new, but that's exactly what we did. And so it wasn't an easy call, but it was definitely the right call. And I'm glad my agent had made that suggestion because that's what we did. And that's how, how Garrett came about. He was a secondary character in my, my first novel series. And, and can you tell us about your writing journey that led you to writing and getting your debut novel published? Had you always wanted to write a novel? So, you know, that's, a, that's another good question. It's, I, I don't, the answer is, I don't know. I, I wrote my first book about 20 years ago and I, I always describe it as kind of like a person who says, I have this, you know, bucket list thing of running a marathon. I guess it was sort of a bucket list thing for me to see if I could write a, a book. And, uh, so about 20 years ago when I was uh, ranching, um, I just, you know, pulled out my laptop and over the course of a few months wrote this book and never really even planned to do anything with it. I just sort of wanted to do see if I could do it and it was a young adult novel and and then when I was uh you know fast forward uh you know maybe 15 years or so I was working in oil and gas this is past working in the CIA and with military intelligence doing contract work and uh, I got back into writing and again I was writing another young adult novel and um but it was when I really decided to do this full time is when I I said okay well you know kind of the right which it know and that was that was a spy world and you know doing counter narcotics military stuff and so uh, so that's when I kind of, you know, really got serious about doing a series that I, I wanted to see if I could get published. And, uh, but before that, yeah, I always liked writing. That was always sort of my thing, but I never really thought, oh, this is going to be something I do for a living like I am now. And how much of yourself is in your character, Garrett Cole? I think there's a lot. I, at first I didn't think that because if you read the novel, you'll see that, that Garrett, you know, I'm kind of more of a clean cut guy and. Uh, of course, I'm an Intel guy, you know, I, that was, uh, you know, I wore suits and, you know, I was just a, a different look and feel than Garrett. Although we both had that background, uh, you know, Garrett's from a ranch in Texas. And I'm from a farming ranch in central Texas. And we both grew up a, with a certain way with horses and, and all that. And um, and so it, it's a funny thing, although we don't necessarily look, you know, he's kind of tattooed, has the beard, the hair, you know, kind of looks like an undercover narc, you know, somebody that. Um, is meant to blend in with the the sort of rough sorts that he uh, deals with. Um, we don't necessarily look alike, but I think we have a lot in common in term, terms of personality. And it, it's a funny thing. I didn't really realize this, but my agent would, would read something. He'd be like, man, I can hear your voice through Garrett. And it wasn't until, you know, really my agent had pointed that out that, um, that we had a lot in common. And so I, I like to jokingly say that 
you know, you, you know, there's the, you know, straight man in a comedy. And I feel like I'm the the sort of Steve Martin with John Candy and plane trains and automobiles, and, you know, throughout my life. And I feel like Garrett's sort of that, uh, sort of that same guy. He's, he's sort of navigating life with all these crazy people around him and trying to just, just get through and do the right thing. And so I, I know that's, that's probably not right. People probably describe me as the crazy person, but, uh, but that's kind of how I feel whenever, <laughs> I mean, that's how Garrett is. He's just sort of, navigating through whether it be his dad or the cia or whoever he's he's uh you know coming in contact with there's always um he's just trying to get through it you know well you mentioned earlier your work with the cia Uh how did that how did that impact uh the writing of the novel and your knowledge of that world it impacted impacted it a lot because um you know originally i was writing a cia character and when again when my agent suggested we make this switch I wasn't super comfortable with it because the spy world is sort of what I knew. And I knew counter narcotics from, you know, sort of working with the military and doing contract work. And, but I knew it from a very different level, uh, than that of a, a law enforcement officer. That's just a whole different world. It's a whole different mindset. But the concept actually worked out really cool in a way because, you know, we'd work with FBI or whoever, you know, and, and I always knew that they kind of looked at us and, and not that I just, anticipate you know i have friends that you know would tell me like here's what we think about you guys and you know we don't trust you (laughs) or that kind of a thing and uh, because the ci world is a little bit gray you know and and the law enforcement world is it's black and white and uh and i thought well what would happen if you put this law enforcement guy into the cia's world and he has to navigate you know he's a he's sort of a black and white you know law and order guy you put him in that gray world the cia that would be pretty fun and uh and and it was fun to write i think people are having a lot of fun reading it that sounds great. So you mentioned earlier about how you had this novel written and then you basically had to start from scratch focusing on uh, Garrett Cole. So right. once you did that, what was the writing process like? I mean, are you an outliner, someone who kind of outlines extensively or did you just dive into the narrative? So that, yeah, that's a funny thing. I The first chapter that I wrote, just to see if I could do it, because at first I told my agent, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, let me see this. The first chapter is actually about 50 pages into the book. And um, and it was something, you know, I, I say, that it was, it, when, when I didn't know I could do this, I, I, I took a stab at it. And it was probably uh, the writing had flowed in a way that had never flowed before. Um, and I kind of knew that I was onto something, that this was working, that this was sort of the right a uh, story to tell with the right protagonist. So, uh, so in that line, I mean, that that's kind of how I started. No, I didn't start with like, here's what's going to happen. I just said, could I, can I write this character uh, as a protagonist? And, and then I feel like I could. And then, so, so from that point on, uh, yeah, th- I do a little bit of outlining. Uh, people always laugh, like, do you follow, you know, certain, and I was like, I, I keep meaning to do that. <laughs> you know, I just turned in book two <laughs> to my editor in the series and, I say I keep meaning to do that, but then I guess if if what what I'm doing works, then I'll just keep with it. And so it's a very loose outline, um, and it's um, it's pure torture because you know I'll, I'll say like, well, I'm going to put my, you know, I, I tell people I, I like to, you know, I say, well, how do you come up with these ideas? And I just say, well, I think of something that's kind of cool, you know, like it's cool to me, it's like, <laughs> it's exciting. And so for like I said, it's this operator style thriller mixed with a modern western. And I'm like, well imagine taking this like green beret and put him on a horse and you know he's got ar-15s and he's wearing a cowboy hat and I, he's got a buoy knife i mean you know to me it's just that like sounded cool so i'll take like a concept and i'll think well what if you put this guy up against this guy you know in some ways it's like mma you know how it used to be in the old days where it's like 
let's get this jujitsu guy next to, you know, a sumo wrestler or something. And let's just see what happens. You know, it was like, you know, the crazy thing, but, um, but so that's kind of what I do. It's kind of what I think, like what would happen if Garrett went up against these people, what would happen? And, um, and so that's kind of how I do it. And, and that's how the stories are born. And, uh, and I take maybe something that's relevant happening in the world, um, you know, and, you know, whether it's drug trafficking or something else. And, you know, obviously, uh, Afghanistan, you know, that's a big part of the book and it's a part, big part of book two. And, um, it became super relevant, you know, as of the last week or so. Um, sure. I mean, never, never to say that wasn't relevant, but, you know, we kind of, let's be honest, we kind of, over the last 20 years, it sort of faded into the backdrop and something you'd yep. see in the news every now and then. And, uh, now it's completely relevant in a, in a very sad way, but, um, but yeah, so so I just take these things and mash them together, and and somehow or another, the the, the world of Afghanistan meshes together with the world in Texas, and it seems to come together pretty nicely. But it's strange, I know, but that's how it works. That's great. Well, you mentioned the second novel. Are you um, starting to think about, or have you already started writing the third novel? Um, I I need to get started on the third novel. Um, <laughs> I, I have, yeah. Well, you know, but I, I, the book just came out, so I, I never realized, you know, book one, you know, came out and I'm waiting on edits for book two. And then so, yeah, the, you know, th- book three, I need to get going on that. But the, I, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I didn't even know till this, uh, the marketing and publicity that goes into marketing your book is a, is a full time job. And so that's been my full time job for the last few weeks, you know, just doing lots of interviews and podcasts and. Uh, writing, you know, writing my own articles and doing things like that to get the word out about downrange. And uh, so that's all part of it. But yeah, th- so I have, I, I mean, I think five or six uh, sort of loosely outlined books in the series after downrange. And one of them just, you know, I just checked off the list because that's into my editor. And, um, but yeah, no, I've, I've got lots planned for Garrett Cole. And, and so I'll need to get started on that pretty quick. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Um, you know, the funny thing is I don't read a lot of, I mean, it, it's sort of the, the Twilight Zone uh, part of being an author is that. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, you, you get in this thing because you love reading these these things, and then you don't end up reading very much anymore because, well, I end up reading a lot of nonfiction because I'm always doing research for the next book. 
Uh, however, I do. I'm uh, I'm a friends friends with Don Bentley, and I'm a big Don Bentley fan. Uh, and so, uh, so I started with, with without sanction. Now I'm reading the the second the series, and it's been really good. And, uh, so that's that's probably the most recent um, recent you know uh, fiction novel that I've read. Sure. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels, and specifically thrillers? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, um, advice and it's always hard to narrow it down, but maybe I'll narrow it down to a couple of things. But, um, one of the things I, t- I tell people a lot is that, um, writing is a, is a team sport and, you know, everybody has this sort of idea of the lone writer, you know, in his office by himself. And, and, and there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, there, there is, it's because that's part of it, but you need good mentors. You need a good critique group. You need people to be there for you. Um, to help lift you up, uh, to celebrate your victories. Um, but, you know, on a mentoring level or, you know, just you know, somebody there to go, you know, this is working or this doesn't work. And, and, and it can be, and, and that's a learned process to learn how to take constructive criticism because a lot of times we want to fire back and go, well, well I, I did this for this reason, but, but don't do that. You know, I would say don't do it. I think it's a learning process, you know, just take whatever, um, you know, whatever people give you. And if you think it's a good idea, use it. If you don't think it's a good idea, then don't use it. But take that criticism and at least mull it over and go, okay, well, let me, let me take that into consideration. And for me personally, you know, I have had the wonderful fortune of being uh, in a critique group and having mentors that are two New York Times bestselling romance writers. And, um, and so for me as a thriller writer, um, you know, there was a lot to, you, you could say, well, what do, what do these guys know about writing thrillers? Well, um, they may not write thrillers specifically, but they're wonderful storytellers and, and they're, they're wonderful world builders. And, and there's a lot to be taken in from people, even that aren't part of your genre. And, uh, and so I, I would say to anybody out there, get involved with the group, um, meet people, learn from people, find people that are different from you in terms of your writing and, and let them weigh in on stuff and, 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 uh, and just try to exercise, you know, if they give you things to, to do try that, try that process, see what's, uh, see what they have to offer. Because for me, you know, a, a big part of downrange and, and people have said, it's not just a thriller. It's a, it's a, a novel. It's a story about life. It's a story about relationships and love and loss. And there's so much going on here. And that's what I wanted. You know, I, I wanted a good plot and I want it to be fun, but I want it to be character driven, driven as well. And a big part of that was, um, from relying on, uh, people to help me Build, build that and craft that in, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do just as a person coming from the CIA and wanted to write a cool spy novel or a military thriller novel or whatever. Um, take in that feedback you get from people and implement it when it's when you think it's good. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel, Downrange? Yes, yeah, so I'm at um, I'm at taylormorebooks.com, just taylormorebooks.com, and uh, and so you can find out more about me. You can order the book uh, through there. I've got all the the links um, to get to it. Um, but yeah, you can find more, out more about the book, and I'll, I'll do a plug for Author Bytes, A U T H O R B Y T E S. They just I built my own website before, and it was okay, but I, I needed a more professional website, and these Author Bytes came in and did a bang up job and i'm just like blown away by it and and i do tell that for authors out there because i spent forever trying to figure out who could help me with this because having a a, a people that can help build that particular site that do nothing but that is very important and these guys just knocked it out of the park but 
Uh, but yeah, you can find me at my website and, um, you know, join, join me on social media. I have all the links on there that you can, and, and that, that'll give you, that's the best way to sort of find out about, sure. um, what's coming up, you know, um, events, new books, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, occasionally I'll travel and do a book signing or something like that. For, hopefully after COVID is done, I'll be, I'll be doing a lot more of that, but it's been pretty limited just given sure. the situation, but yeah, that's where I'm at. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Taylor Moore, author of the debut novel, Downrange. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Taylor, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, I'll, I'll be happy to come back if you if you want me to come on. So, okay. uh, no, it's a pleasure. Yeah, That's great. Thanks a lot. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of Downrange by Taylor Moore, performed by Jeremy Arthur. Available from Harper Audio, wherever audiobooks are sold. Garrett Cole kept looking back at his dusty white land cruiser, nestled between the foothills about 40 yards down the ridge. A little rough and dirty math showed he was nearly out of the safe zone and drifting farther from it by the second. He tried to squelch the chiding voice in his head, but with every step he took into the mountainous Taliban terrain, it grew more persistent. By the time he was nearing the edge of the escarpment overlooking the small Afghan village, an old line of caution boomed in his head like a honky-tonk serenade. If you get your ass in, you better get your ass out. Had Garrett been sipping on a Shinerbach beer at the Stumplin' Goat Saloon, he might have enjoyed the melody. But the warning was no beer-joint poetry dripping from the mouths of Sturgill Simpson or Robert Earl Keane. It was a little hard-knocks wisdom imparted five years prior by a seasoned instructor at the DEA Academy in Quantico. A Georgia-born gunslinger named Joe Bob Dawson ended every tradecraft lesson and war story with one of several sayings. First among his favorites was, I didn't get this old by accident, which was followed by a close second. I want to meet Jesus, just not today. Either way, the message to his deep cover officers was clear. The kind of work they did was as dangerous as it gets. As a former Green Beret-turned-DEA special agent, Garrett had, over the years, become a devoted disciple of more than a few old hands who had been there, done that, bought the blood-stained T-shirt. And he treated their lessons like gospel. He'd been in a few tight spots more than once, and their wisdom had saved him on several occasions. Slowing his pace, Garrett dropped into the prone position and inched over a blanket of powdery snow to the edge of a crag overlooking the valley. Finding good cover behind the serrated stump of a fallen gray cedar, he lay flush against the cold granite, struggling to catch his breath as adrenaline surged and lactic acid pumped into his aching thighs. After a short rest, he rolled to his side, unzipped his brown Carhartt jacket, and jerked at its fleece lining to let a little cool air flow in. Garrett nudged the black Filson watch cap up on his forehead, raised the camera's viewfinder, and made a slight adjustment to the lens. Once the snow-capped mountain peaks were in focus, he shifted his gaze downward to a narrow but powerful mountain tributary. The meadow lining its banks was emerald green, reminding him of photos he'd seen from Ireland and Scotland. But the crown jewel of the whole view was the sky-colored water swirling over jagged gray fangs of rock. The image was surreal, like some lost valley from an ancient storybook world. In fact, it would have been a postcard-worthy shot were it not for the two dozen heavily armed tangos bunched around at the creek, about sixty yards below his position. He didn't recognize them, 
but they were dressed in black shalwar kameez and carried Kalishnikov rifle variants with polymer stocks. Their modern rifles and tactical chest rigs made them look more like paramilitary troops than straight-up Taliban or ISIS. Of course, it was growing nearly impossible to identify anyone by guns and gear. Since the pullout of NATO forces, terrorist organizations, drug runners, and warlords were thriving, in large part due to proceeds from the opium trade. For that reason, Garrett and his DEA team were deployed to Afghanistan. The jihadi movement had grown bigger than ideology. It was about money and power. And selling the drug large scale bought dump trucks full of both. The call to morning prayers caught Garrett's attention, and he watched the tangos drop to their knees on small maroon rugs laid out on the chalky stone. With heads wrapped in black turbans, they bowed and rose, mumbling in a low, steady cadence that carried on the wind. The hunter in Garrett liked the sound cover provided by the gale, but the rest of him cursed the damn bite of it. Garrett adjusted the lens, zoomed in on the creek, and captured a few photos of weapons and equipment. There were three Toyota Hilux pickups and a red Nissan 4x4 pickup with a Dushka machine gun mounted over the cab. But nothing out of the ordinary for a warlord's convoy. Several more snaps with the camera and he checked his six. No one in sight, but a deep uneasiness set in. A burn in his stomach he recognized from over a decade of war zone tours and undercover assignments. Garrett didn't normally travel alone but the rest of his unit had relocated from Camp Savo to another forward operating base, FOB, southwest of Kandahar. This elite squad of expert counter-narcotics and counter-terrorist fighters made up of former operators from Army Special Forces, Rangers, Navy SEALs, and Force Recon Marines had shifted their efforts to tackle opium production in the fields. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.